0: Welcome to episode number 187 of the Make It British podcast. Today I am chatting to Lindsay James, who is the founder of a women's wear brand called Violet Flamingo. Now, Lindsay was making and selling bespoke clothing for her clients from her studio before COVID hit. Finding herself with no way to reach customers during lockdown, she started a Facebook group which she invited her very best customers to join. And she started to hold regular Facebook Lives from her studio, talking to her customers just as she would if they were actually coming to visit her in person. Lindsay soon found from doing this that her customers were placing orders live on the calls and they were a great way for her to continue to keep her business going during lockdown. The Violet Flamingo VIP Facebook group has since become a key part of Lindsay's marketing strategy and a big driver of sales for her brand. So I wanted to get Lindsay on the show to talk to you about how she does the live videos and tips that she has for anyone who says, I don't do video, because after listening to this with Lindsay, you're going to want to do just that. So here you go. So Lindsay, thank you very much for joining me on the Make It British podcast today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> I, you know, I've been a big fan of your Facebook lives um, for a very long time. And I want to talk about that because I keep using you as an example of how amazing you are selling live on social media. But before we do that, do you want to tell everyone, um, well, how we first uh, met and also what it is that you do at Violet Flamingo?
1: uh so what i do at violet flamingo is create bespoke clothing for the individual client um i've done that for the past nine years now um i do really enjoy doing the bespoke aspect of my work so it can go from a bridal gown down to just a cute shift dress um and we met because i wanted to develop the brand uh, and start selling more made-to-order garments through uh, an e-commerce website, and you've been helping me push that forward. So, yeah.
0: Brilliant. We'll come on to your, your fantastic <laughs> photography in a minute too. So where are you based? Tell everyone where you're based.
1: So I'm based in Littleborough in Rochdale, which is uh, obviously Greater Manchester. Uh, my studio is located right in the Pennines, which is beautiful, but I'm definitely not in a city location. Um <laughs> So a lot of my clients are local to the studio um, in Littleborough, but I do get clients travelling to come and see me. I have had brides come up from Essex in a day just to come for fittings.
0: Amazing. So,
1: <laughs> so yeah, Amazing.
0: so you've built. So how did you build up that following of people? How did they find you if you're based in? where you uh, are? In
1: I think with me, it started. Oh, hold on a minute.
0: Can you hear my flipping cat scratching on the scratching mat?
1: <laughs> of course. <laughs> they've got no respect.
0: It's a cat. <laughs> oh, yeah. jingle, jingle. Excuse me, I'm recording a podcast.
1: <laughs> Brilliant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so how did the brides find you then? If you're, if you were working bespoke, in a small village up there?
1: I think it's always just been about... I mean, the brand started because I like to wear things that you can't get on the high street. So I was going out in my local town, which isn't very big, (laughs) in quite outlandish outfits. (laughs) And then that got me work from my friend's, who wanted garments as well. And then we'd go on nights out and people would be like, who is this group of girls in these crazy outfits? (laughs) And then that kind of started us doing photo shoots together. So it was always a collaboration thing that we worked like a lot of the original shoots. They're my friends modeling in that. They're my friends doing the photography because we're all quite creative. Um, And then, yeah, those photo shoots went out on social media and their friends saw it. And then it was it was literally just kind of it spread quite naturally. Mm -hmm. I've never really advertised. Um, And it was just social media. People saw what we were doing, me and my mates. And then I started getting brides that way. So Ah.
0: So how long has has Violet uh, Violet Flamingo been going?
1: (laughs) Nine years, so it'd be 10 in uh, the first of December. It'd be 10 years old.
0: Were you really early on on platforms like Facebook?
1: Uh, I think it was quite early because Facebook was the main one. Um, Because, yeah, I don't think I'd been on social media long as as Lindsay, and then I'd set Val Flamingo up. Um, I did work for another brand when I graduated for seven years and there was a bit of a crossover where I was doing uh, styling for companies under the name of Art Fmingle whilst I worked with Kevin John. Mm. Um, and I think, I think, yeah, social media wasn't that, it wasn't such a main thing when we, when I first set up. No, it wouldn't have been 10 years ago. <clears throat> but- so
0: you've now got this facebook group for your for your followers and fans yeah <laughs> with, with you, where you hold how would you describe your your selling parties that you do <laughs> on social media because they are like a party they are fun so yeah
1: <laughs> well yeah they we got they used to be quite serious at the beginning so like uh, 3 years ago Emma who I went to university with she came on the team she runs all the social media and it was her that wanted me to push to do these Facebook lives. Um, the, the, I don't think we've been doing them that long before lockdown. Maybe six months. Maybe oh, a bit okay. long. Maybe so a year. You, yeah. Uh, but yes, it was her that was encouraging me to do it. Um, to. To connect with the clients because when the clients come in the studio, we always have a lovely laugh and we have a cup of tea and it's just really chilled. You know, I'm a northern lass, so <laughs> you come in here and we just have a bit of fun and we get dressed up. Uh, so Emma really wanted me to get me on camera, and she did actually trick me on the first one because she told me she was going to be on camera with me, and then she lied and didn't.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Because some people do find that whole camera experience, I don't, you know, members of Make It British, and we always say you should you should get in front of the camera because people can really connect with your brand particularly if you make mm. in the UK so yeah. that
1: happened,
0: I was going to ask you how you first ended up doing that first live someone tricked you
1: <laughs> yeah she tricked me we've been, we went to university together so we've known each other for 20 years she knows me she knows that I'm not keen on doing things like that but she also knows how to get me to do it which is great mm. <laughs> um so yeah she told me that she was going to be on camera with me and I'll I was nervous, but it was. I have, like, a little thing where, uh, like, I'll go get ready, I put my makeup on, and it's like a little ritual that we come into work, and then we're kind of in a little party mood, I suppose. And uh, you can have, like, a little glass of wine. Not too much wine. <laughs> not <laughs> too much wine, no. No, that's silly. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, just have, like, a little drink, and we have a bit of a social in the studio, me and Emma, and then I'll go on camera. And I do feel a lot more comfortable because I just pretend I'm talking to one customer in work. Such
0: a good point, yeah.
1: Because I I love to I mean, I've done Bespoke for so long because I am – I love being one-on-one with people and finding what they want from their design or, you know, what they want me to bring to their garment. Um, so I think going on camera and pretending I'm just talking to one of the girls that's come in – I find it loads easier then, uh, and then, yeah. yeah, I think as COVID hit, me and Emma decided to start doing silly podcasts at uh, silly Facebook lives, <laughs> uh, and then she started talking on them. So she's never actually on screen, but now Emma gets involved, and there is kind ah, of, so a of a bit of a reaction. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: when you did the first one. Was it just a kind of this is about us, this is about Flyer Flamingo, or did you intend to be selling any of the any of the clothes on that first one?
1: I do you know we've done that many now. I struggle to remember what I'm pretty sure we were intending to sell products, but I think it was that um I had new make, like the ready to wear kind of pieces and I just wanted to show them and show them on a mannequin so people could see them more 3D than just just sharing photos on the Facebook and the Instagram. Yeah. Um, and I just thought we could talk about, you know, the detailing and the fabric, and that would possibly help us sell it. But then it, I think it did take off quite quick that people were loving this because they were getting a full run through of what a garment was about. Yeah. and obviously i get quite excited
0: <laughs> and then it expands your reach as well because you're you're not just talking to the people that can physically come into your studio yeah. but other people how many i mean how many people do you have so you do this in the facebook group don't you in mm, your facebook yeah. group was that what you did right from the start? Did you do it on your Facebook page? What came first, the page no, we, the no, or the lives?
1: I was far too terrified to do it on the page, <laughs> so we we created the group for the yeah we created the group for this idea of getting people on to see uh, what we were doing. Um, so it's always been on the group, and it's We've called something ne- like
0: Pilot Flamingo VIP or something, yeah, isn't it? It's just VIP.
1: Yeah, VF VIP group. Um, so they join and we accept them in. And then, yeah, as it's gone on, we've done nights where we do special promotions. We'll launch new products. Uh, at the beginning of lockdown, when everyone was, well, in in panic mode, really, no one knew what was happening, we decided to have a, an evening of playing drinking games. <laughs>
0: <laughs> how, I just many, thought, how many pieces did you sell on that on that well,
1: <laughs> well I openly came on camera and just went with what's going on in the world I don't think I care about selling anything so let's just have a laugh <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, exactly so you were just you yeah I and I was just we that. played silly games and I did show them new products but I was like I literally don't want to sell tonight I just want to come on and you know, just lets everybody forget about what's going on right now. And I think afterwards I had about 15 of the clients private message me just saying that cheered me right up and that's what I needed, yeah. which was lovely. Brilliant.
0: So you're loyal fans you've created there because they, have to, they yeah. have to be approved to come in the group. So it's a bit of, I suppose, a special cachet. It's, like, hey, mm. we're in the VF, VIP <laughs> yeah. group. So then they get access to the discounts or the promotions or the sneak previews of new products that other Customers don't get. Other people don't yeah. get. They just go on your website.
1: Yeah, that's it. I think like um, it's more that they get the first first look at anything that goes onto a special promotion. Uh, if it doesn't go to the VIPs, then it goes further than that. We'll take it onto the Facebook page, but we prioritise the people that are on that group because they've been with me for so long and they have supported me. A lot of them are clients who used to buy bespoke pieces or they've had their wedding dress from me. So it's kind of like a little treat because they have been supporting me from the very beginning and with more people joining, then they can benefit from the promotions as well.
0: So how do you do the actual selling bit? Because tell people how you do that because you do it without it being kind of icky and, <laughs> and salesy, don't you? So do you want to describe how that whole process works?
1: I'm not quite sure how I do that because it does actually <laughs> make me uncomfortable to try and sell to people because I, I love I love what I do. My job is everything. You know, I just love making the garments. I love the clients when they come to try them on. So it's always just mainly just talking to them about the product and what why I've created it the way I have, you know, why it'll suit so many different body shapes, uh, because that's a big thing for me when I design. I want to think about, you know, how someone petite would look in it and how someone who is maybe a size 10 compared to a size 18. I want the product to work for a a lot of people, basically. So that's kind of the thing I talk to them about. Mm. Um, And, yeah, I discuss fabric because and show them how it moves, because I think fabric's a really important part of a garment to me. When you wear something, it should feel beautiful, not only just look beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um So, yeah, it's more going over the points of why I've made it and, you know, why I think it's good for everyone. And it'll be a staple in the wardrobe, because that's another thing about Balfamingo. I don't want to create a garment that someone will wear once. You know, I want them to have it for years to come, and it's versatile, mm-hmm. uh, and they'll definitely... You know love it for years
0: so how do you then so if people are interested because you make everything don't you in really limited runs yeah so you're you're talking to them on these lives about these amazing products that you've that you've done giving them an exclusive preview how do they then place an order
1: with you do you put so, the link
0: in the chat on the on the post on the live post
1: i quite old school so technology is not my forte <laughs> <laughs> so basically we'll just say like me and emma are going to stay for another couple of hours after the live if anyone wants to see another product we can come back on camera if you want to place an order drop us a message so it's literally me and emma sitting here chatting with people um oh, yeah. taking orders because then as well the ends. you yeah. just get people to
0: facebook message you yeah just, just give you their name.
1: Yeah. And then we just ask, you know, what they're looking for. And then we'll discuss the best size for them. Uh, I can take the order. And then we literally send PayPal invoices out. uh, They pay for the goods and then I manufacture it and send it out.
0: That's so personalised. That's amazing.
1: But that's I think that's kind of why I wanted to run it this way, because the reason I love Bespoke is because people get something that, you know, is personal. And just because these are items that I've designed and created, I still want people to to feel like they're personal to them, so they can have the slight alterations if they are petite and they need it um or they might be a different size on the bust to the hips so I can customize for people like that
0: so you want to go into doing some made to order so some ready to wear as well as the made to order hmm. How's that going to work for you? explain a little bit more about. How that will work as well for your customers if they're used to having hens um, turned up as and when they need it.
1: <laughs> I think uh, with the new range I've created for the website, I have really thought about products that are gonna work for everybody. So there shouldn't we shouldn't really need to offer customization. Um, I photographed the new products on five different models. They're ranging from five foot one up to five foot ten. And yet all the pieces look like they are right in the length of the body. Uh, we've got girls that are an eight up to a size 18. Again, because the garments have got quite a free fitting um, and like draped form it is more suitable for more body shapes and more heights. So I do think that, that the customization won't be needed on these pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, ideal if, well, currently it's been locked down, hasn't it? So we've all put a little bit of weight on. <laughs> yeah, you need to stretch
0: your Uh
1: Yeah, and because they're so draped, they are quite free-fitting. So you can lose weight, you can gain weight, and they're still going to fit you. Um so yeah it's more an all-rounder pieces that you're going to keep so
0: So, uh, as far as um having a ready-to-wear collection is concerned I've introduced you to, um, you know, you've, you're now working with a, with a factory that's local to you. Mm. How are you finding that whole process? Because you've been making your own products for the last 10 years. So <laughs> not, not using the word control freak, but, you know, you, <laughs> you've got everything made to the absolute highest specification because you've got your special eye on everything. So how does that feel handing that um, over to a it's... manufacturer to now do it?
1: It, honestly, <laughs> it's terrifying. <Yeah. laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> uh, my standard of sewing, I think, is particularly high, uh, and I'm very um, critical of my own sewing. Like things have to be perfect before they leave the studio. So, obviously, working with the factory is great, and and I know I need to get help because I can't keep sewing at the speed I do. Um, but, yeah, it's very difficult. I'm finding that I'm picking flaws in small things on the garments and I think the factory are going to get a little annoyed with this. <laughs> <laughs> but my standard is high and it's like I can't let that drop uh, working with the – and, I mean, the factories, I'm I'm sure everything will be fine when it comes through. It's just I am very picky And I want things to be perfect.
0: (laughs) I think you might be surprised. You know, you think that the factory are going to get annoyed with you because you're quite picky. But actually, factories probably appreciate, manufacturers appreciate the fact that you know how a garment is constructed. So Mm. they can talk to you about the construction of a garment. And, yeah, there's probably going to be some times when they're going to recommend a different way of doing it, just because in an industrial setting and the way they've probably got their mm. machines laid out or something, or the machines that they've got might dictate what they can do. But I think you'd be surprised that they probably appreciate the fact <laughs> that you've been to visit them. You know, you're all the different fabrics and what all the different machines do. So I, mm. I think that might just be in your head that they yeah. think you're <laughs> a nightmare client.
1: <laughs> I just think. Well, I think everyone knows, like in my friends and my family, just like out picky I am about things and I think it's just the fact that I've got a bit of paranoia about that
0: (laughs) yeah no I don't think you should I mean the key there is definitely to just keep the communication going with the Mm. factory to make sure they know that you set those standards and how you want things finished and you know you because you're local and you can pop in and see them you wouldn't get that can you imagine if you were working with a factory in China
1: I think yeah. I'd first of all probably have a little bit of a breakdown doing that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do like the fact that they are just up the road and it's only it only takes me forty minutes to get to the factory at the moment, which is great. And uh yeah. I would yeah, it's gonna keep the standard high working with someone so close. So hmm. oh.
0: Plus it means that it frees up your time so you can do more of the lives and more of the more of the selling and more of the, the stuff where you're talking to your customers. Because you know, the feedback you get from your customers by doing those, I presume everyone's chatting in the in the comments on the post as you're doing the the live. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We know. try to get people interacting and chatting and we do quite a few like little competitions where we get people to send pictures in in their favorite Val Flamingo outfit, or you know? So it gets them all talking. It's a little bit of a social as well. It's nice.
0: So, so you've just thought you're just about to launch a new website. In fact, the time this podcast goes out, it will be live, won't it? And I've seen you yeah. going through this stage of <laughs> developing this website and some amazing photographs that you took yourself.
1: Yeah. Uh, that kind of came out of. Necessity, but I fully enjoyed it. I I really did. Um, Because of COVID, obviously we couldn't have many people in a room. So normally, when we shoot, I would have me a photographer. uh, We'd have hair, makeup, models. um, But obviously, just couldn't do that. Um, So there was only the possibility of me and a model being in a room. So I made the decision to get a new digital camera, um, have lessons via Zoom by a fellow Ebor artist. Ebor is the mill where I work. Um, He gave me lessons of how to work the camera, how to do editing. uh, And then I decided to shoot the products on real Violet Flamingo clients. So everyone that came in had five different models. They were all previous customers. Um, They did their own hair and makeup because I wanted them to look like how they look anyway in normal life. And I asked them to. Yeah. And I also wanted to show people on the site. Um, I asked each of the girls to bring in their own accessories because I was like, I want you, you know, with me to style the garment how you'd wear it. You know, how would you wear this jumpsuit? Because they're all quite unique in style. Um, And it just shows the the new customers that, yeah, the jumpsuit, a lot of people would assume you'd wear it as a guest at a wedding. But I love the jumpsuit with a pair of trainers, you know, so I've made sure that each of the girls is wearing it how they would like to wear it. So Helen did wear it with trainers, uh, Eva wore it with um, some cute little lacy socks and platform shoes, and she had a coloured belt. Um, so it just shows like it can be versatile and you can style it however you like
0: mm. so do you use your customers and your your loyal clients to dictate how what you're going to design next because you've got one particular piece which I can see behind you as we're talking which you've got <laughs> yeah. to talk about oh, which yeah. is see-through leopard rain <laughs> mac
1: which has yeah. been a
0: store of success <laughs> Was that something that came out from an idea that a customer gave you or how, how did that come
1: about? No, Gen- Generally, the garments come from a need of what I want in my wardrobe, <laughs> uh, what I think I could do with as a garment. Um, the, the, the see-through leopard MAC um, with the glitter trim actually just came out of I was obviously in the middle of rebranding this site and you know getting everything ready and working with the factories and I just really felt I wanted to make something that would bring me absolute joy, <laughs> so I made the Mac with the intention of just photographing it on a friend just to do something creative. Um, And I showed it on one of the Facebook lives and it just went crazy. We've just got, I've had so many orders for this coat now um, that I am actually thinking about putting it on the site very soon as well.
0: Ah, so that's one of those pieces then that you can only buy if you're in the VF VIP group so far. Yeah.
1: So far, it's been the VIP group, but it went so crazy on the group that we then released it on the Facebook and the Instagram, and again, that got more sales from the social media as well, um, which was I wasn't expecting, it was just literally something we was going to shoot for a bit of fun. but generally, that's what I find like if i just if I just go a bit mad and create something that I want to create then they're generally quite good sellers. You
0: obviously <laughs> know your customers so well because you've, you know, you've been working with people so long and your customers are obviously very much like you mm. in that, you know, they're, they're part of your tribe. So it, it kind of, it very much proves that you don't have to be all things to everyone. You just need to have a loyal group of customers. Cause I would imagine oh, yeah. I mean, some of your customers, how many pieces would they have bought from you? You must have a lot of repeat. So well,
1: on the VIP group, we did talk to some of the clients about uh, how many of the like ready-to-wear items they own, and I couldn't believe it because some of them were sending photographs in that they've got dedicated wardrobes to Violet Flamingo. <laughs> some Amazing. of them have got a, like, go. of, <laughs> loyal fans. Yeah, and I think I did learn some time ago. I did a little collection. I think it was only of three dresses in two colourways that I put out as a ready-to-wear thing to clients. And because it was spring-summer, I did pastel candy stripes and it absolutely bombed. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. And everyone was just like, what? What's this? And I was just like, I live in black. Black is my shade. And I love monochrome Uh and... (laughs) And the clients, they're obviously, they follow me because that's what I make, you know, like, I mean, I do, I do do colour, I love colour, but the base of the collection is always black, and yeah, when I launched the candy stripes, I sold one piece. <laughs> well, and then just, you go, you trialed it, and it didn't work, thought, Move Yeah, I was like, I'd never wear that, so... <laughs> That lesson
0: like, learned
1: then. It totally was. I was like, well, so pastels are out. <laughs> but, yeah, I, you know, so I, do, I do, yeah, I do offer like pastels uh, in the coats and, you know, separate pieces. But definitely it was very girly, that range. And it just everyone just said it just wasn't you. Like, I just I didn't understand it. And I was like, no, I look back now and I don't understand it either.
0: <laughs> well, everyone makes those mistakes, you know. <laughs> Sweep <laughs> under the carpet, move on. So, yeah. in
1: that, how did you
0: decide which were the pieces that you were going to get made with the manufacturer, and and those that you were going to continue to do bespoke?
1: Uh well, I did. I looked. Well, when when we started working together, I think yeah, I, I made was you at all the
0: different things you were making, Lindsay. <laughs>
1: I was offering about fifty styles, <laughs> everything in about three colourways. Um. So, yeah, I, I looked through my range and I picked out what I liked and what I think are strong pieces um, and what I think represents Violet Flamingo what, and, as well, what I would wear. You know, I, I, there's not many things in the range that I don't own. Mm. Um, but then on top of that, we decided to put out a questionnaire to the VIP group and ask them. You know, what? what is their favourite piece? What do they like? Why do they like it? Um, you know, what do they like about the fabrics I choose? Because fabric is a massive thing for, for Mingo, uh Because like I said before, it's not just the cut of the garment, it's the feel for me. Texture and how that fabric feels next to your skin, how it moves. Um, so, yeah, we were just asking all the VIP group these questions and then when they'd done the survey we got the results together and what was weird was all the products they voted for as their favorite were the ones that I'd picked out so brilliant it was a death show how much you know them (laughs) yeah yeah it was uh, those pieces were the best sellers as well so Mm. so yeah and that's how we got down to it (laughs)
0: <laughs> and you've also got accessories in the range then haven't you so you've done a collaboration yes Do you want to talk about that
1: so uh i mean rochdale is the birthplace of the co-op and that's always kind of been a thing is it really it is I mean, and it's i remember always... the
0: green shield stamps you're too young to remember green shield stamps
1: <laughs> yeah i don't remember collecting though. them in a
0: little book with <laughs> my brand and then you when you've got a book we'd go and cash them in for like a little brooch or
1: something. <laughs> no way. <laughs> but it's <laughs> like the co-op's always been like a big thing about the Violet Flamingo because, uh, like I said, at the beginning when we did photo shoots, it was all about collaboration. You know, like my friends, I gave them garments to do the shoot with me and the photographers were looking to do fashion work and I was looking to do something with them. And it we all gained from it. There was no one that was... Uh, working within the group and didn't get anything out of it. Um, so it's always been like a bit of a dream to start working with artists um, to create fine art prints. And what I've wanted, I mean, the first one I did was with the owner of Ebo Studio, where I'm based, uh, Karen Lyons. And she's created a series of flamingo drawings, which we've then had created into a repeat print. Uh, and that repeat print now has been digitally printed onto silk scarves. Um, and in this collaboration, every scarf that sells on the site, the artist receives a percentage of that sale. So they always, they'll always they always benefit from each sale as well. So it's not just Val Flamingo that's making the money. You're also uh, giving money to local artists as well. Um, so there's two new scarves in the range, but I do hope to add more. As uh as time goes on, really.
0: Brilliant. And add more accessories as well.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> Love accessories. <laughs>
0: yeah. We'll get you back on the podcast to talk about the next accessories. Yeah. So, so um when once we're all out of lockdown, which is very soon, which mm. this podcast might even go out, we'll, we'll be out, of, we'll be out of lockdown. Will you be having people back in the studio again? And will you yes. continue to do the bespoke wedding
1: dresses and things like that? I will, yeah. Um I've always done bespoke uh, for clients who want something a little bit more unusual. Um, I don't really have clients that come in. I do have, well, I have clients come in now and again that want traditional wedding gowns and I do make them. But I do feel like moving forward, I really want the client base that wants to come in and have a crazy wedding dress made. So I feel like that's the way we're going to push the bespoke now um, and show off some of the previous brides that I've worked with before that have had something completely unique that isn't traditionally a bridal gown. Um, so the but, customers
0: can buy their ready-to-wear, but they can yeah. also get their, almost their Violet Flamingo couture. As yes. The, the, end of the range yeah that's
1: it i think like if you're gonna come in and have something made especially for you i want the clients to come in and have something that they've not seen anywhere else you know have something that is completely unique and is tailored to your measurements and something that you'll treasure so that's what i'd really like
0: amazing where did you learn to do um where did where did you what did where did you study
1: so how did you I studied
0: learn how cutting and sewing.
1: Uh, I went to Huddersfield University. Oh, so
0: brilliant! Did,
1: yeah, so I did a, a really good course there, which was fashion design, but with marketing and manufacture. So you got a good all round. But as we got into the second year, I separated off as a manufacture student because that that is my passion to be making and creating the pieces.
0: They don't still do that at Huddersfield, do they? I, I think,
1: think they've still got a really They're good not. fashion department. I don't then. know, I
0: don't know if they do the manufacturing bit. Should no, do. I mean,
1: yeah, it's one of it's not really a popular course anymore. The manufacture side, it really, is be, it? Though,
0: shouldn't it? I yeah, mean,
1: definitely, definitely. I mean, I I loved that part of the course, and they were, um, I'd say. Only a third of the the year probably did manufacture, but, you know, there was a fair few of us that were interested in that side of the business. Mm. So
0: So if people want to come in and see you and get a wedding dress made, then where do they find you, Lindsay?
1: So they can come along to the website, which is violetflamingo.co.uk. We've got a contact page on there, um, so you could drop us a message. But if you wanted to follow us, if you go to the bottom of the website, you can follow the Pinterest, there's the Instagram we have Facebook um, on the Facebook and the Instagram. You can actually go on the Linktree and you can join our VIP group if you want to get fully I was involved. Say, how do I get into that
0: <laughs> VIP group?
1: Yes, yeah, so the Linktree. Yeah, the Linktree on the uh, Instagram and the Facebook, uh, and it'll also direct you to the Etsy store, which is a small sideline of accessories, but they are made out of the offcuts of fabrics within the studio. So we're reducing our waste in here as well. Brilliant.
0: Brilliant. And finally then, what advice would you give to anyone that was listening who has not done any sort of live video on social media before and has been inspired by the fact that you have been going great guns and making sales by doing this? What would you advise to someone who wants to do it for the first time? What tips would you give?
1: I think be yourself because one thing I've done since I set up this brand is just 100% be myself. It makes me quite unhappy to be uh, trying to pretend to be someone else within my own studio. I, I, you know, I'm professional enough, uh, and I can have a laugh with the clients. <laughs> and it's just, you know, you don't – it doesn't have to be this stiff kind of video where, you, you know, you're being – really over professional (laughs) you know just have a laugh (laughs) and be real uh my clients come back to me because we just yeah we just uh yeah it's a relaxed environment Um, do you
0: always do them in the evening would you say that that's the best time of day
1: um i don't know because i've just come in this morning and done a video for the website and i found that that was okay as well i always i feel like i i have to get a bit giddy before I do it (laughs) you haven't
0: you haven't done before you did the podcast have you unless uh...
1: (laughs) I feel like I just have to I don't know what it is like I I feel like if I just get a bit giddy then I just start chatting and I I feel a bit more natural like if I overthink the fact that I'm talking to a camera they are terrible and you can hear that my voice has got quite a lot of nerves in it. But if I just come in and I think, right, I'm going to do a video. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and just speaking to someone. Yeah, and just like, yeah, make it. I think I always do pretend I am just talking to a customer that's in the room rather Brilliant. than talking to a camera because it does yeah. make you feel a lot more at ease. Do you uh, set the
0: camera up on a tripod or does Emma hold do you do it on a phone i presume
1: yeah we do it on a phone but i've got a tripod in the studio so that's all set up when we do the lives uh i do videos here on my own but when we do the lives emma's here and she's generally on the other side of the camera with um her laptop and she's the one responding to the chat on the group at the same time yeah
0: so it helps to have a second person there that can be in the chat
1: yeah yeah, them in a
0: mate if it's you on your own. <laughs> yeah, glove, totally. Something sparkling, and then get them on the chat.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's good because Emma can. Emma gives me feedback of what the clients are saying about the products, which obviously then, if they're getting quite excited about it, I'm getting quite excited about it, and then it it builds more chat, uh, and it's just a better better kind of live, really.
0: Brilliant, fantastic. Okay, so people can join the group by going on through the links on your Instagram or from a link on the bottom of your website is that right
1: yes on the all the links at the bottom of the website and then the link tree on the Instagram and Facebook will take you to the VIP group
0: and they've got to check out your new website because then they can see all the amazing photographs that you took after having yes. zoom lessons with on a, <laughs> a digital camera and getting your uh, your clients to model that's fantastic um, oh, Lindsay, um, you're an inspiration.
1: Oh, thanks.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. So what, was you, what were you going to say there?
1: And also we had a sixth model, which wasn't planned, because my cat photobombed it, didn't it?
0: <laughs> yes. You always got to get a cat in the photographs, I reckon. Oh, she looks
1: great. She looks beautiful.
0: <laughs> so people need to look out for that cat. Oh, Lindsay, yes. thank you very much. You've been an amazing guest. You really, Yeah, you are an inspiration, and I love your Facebook Live. So I, I thought it was really important to get people to hear how – how you can do it because people shouldn't be scared of doing facebook lives and they reap great rewards don't they
1: definitely without a doubt brilliant
0: fantastic lindsay
1: thank you very much
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Make It British podcast. I make an episode every Tuesday and Friday, plus there are bonus episodes occasionally. So make sure you subscribe in your favourite podcast app. And if you're looking to find British-made brands or UK manufacturers, check out the directory on the Make It British website, which you can find at makeitbritish.co.uk forward slash directory. Thank you for listening. Bye bye.